0: So, local governments practically are facing a challenge when it comes to refurbishing their historical buildings and reaching these energy-efficient levels. We cannot mm-hmm. let our cultural heritage to go to ruins and we have to address these issues. We are also in the process of creating a local energy community This is a collaboration uh, between the municipality, between the citizens and between an energy cooperative.
1: Welcome to City Stories, the podcast by Energy Cities. I'm Miriam Eisenman and I'm your host. This podcast is for those who want to learn how cities go about with the energy transition, how they take action with courage and creativity. Welcome to the small city of Poric on the west coast of Croatia. Poric has a rich history and culture, with an old town nerved by narrow streets from Roman times and some of its buildings dating back to the 6th century. Poric is also an extremely sunny place. All this is what makes it one of the most visited towns in Croatia. So how can you bring modern energy and climate standards into such a picturesque setting? Is rooftop PV compatible with heritage buildings and will citizens want that? Today I chat with Gordana Lalic from the municipal company Parentium. She talks about their approach to developing an attractive city that combines historic richness with innovative energy projects. Welcome to City Stories, Gordana. Let's start with a kind of thorny question. Why are innovative energy and climate actions so important but also so difficult in porridge?
0: Yeah. Hi, Miriam. So nice to be here with you today. Well, you know, uh, Croatia is is, uh, very hard when we come to uh, talk about the legal framework. It often uh, presents many more obstacles than solutions. So it's really hard and you often have to be a pioneer in many things in order to get things
1: done. Can we just go a bit more into the context? So Poric is quite a small historical town, um, which is nice. I think it's a great advantage and it brings loads of people, especially tourists uh, in your town throughout the year. But what are the challenges that come with that as well in terms of energy and climate strategies?
0: Yes, uh, Poric is a small town. It is a historical town. And I think that most cities and towns like Porridge, when they want to become greener, they face challenges. As you said, Porridge is a touristic city which is situated in the North Adriatic. And the main issue that Porridge struggles with is seasonality we often see our population balloon over 100,000 inhabitants during the summer, while during the winter we have a totally opposite situation when our population hovers about 18,000. So this seasonality is practically the main issue uh, which puts extra pressure on our infrastructure, on our resources, and it's practically questions the economic viability of all the actions, climate actions, environmental actions, energy actions, everything that we want to do, and it practically makes the path toward greening our city much
1: more difficult. I imagine. And I have to admit that I have been one of the 100,000 tourists uh, a few years ago. (laughs) I really loved the city. And and you, Gardana, you have this extraordinary chance to call the wonderful city of Porridge your home, actually, right?
0: Yes, yes, I, I really do. And I feel privileged to be able to do so. But I wasn't born in Porridge. I moved to Porridge as a child. But whenever I talk about home, I talk about Porridge. Um, I I I don't know, I think it's the most wonderful place to live in, and I wouldn't <laughs> change it for the world. Um, I was always trying to, due to the fact that Boric is really a beautiful city, even from my earliest childhood, I was always keen on uh, trying to improve it. Uh, for the benefit of the environment and for the benefit of the local residents. So if you allow me <laughs> to go... Oh, to how get did a you little do that? <laughs> yeah. mm, I remember when I was a child, um, I, I used to organize this kind of cleaning missions and activities around uh-huh. my block flats uh, during uh, the summer holidays together with my uh, school friends. And we called ourselves the Green Squad. We could have been six or seven years old and we had meetings once a week. And then we would go out and pick up litter in order to make our block more beautiful and more cleaner.
1: That's impressive. So you've been uh, super well organized uh, since the early age. Um, uh, Congratulations to start that early. And and now, so this little six-year-old girl that I imagine collecting litter with her friends in, in this beautiful town is now leading the municipal company called uh, Parentium, right? Um, That's a big step. um, And I would love to hear how you got there. Uh,
0: Well, uh, the little girl went to graduate at the University of Zagreb. And I graduated in the Department of Energy, Power and Environmental Engineering and specialized in the renewable energy. So, for the past nine years, I've been the CEO of the Municipal Company. We are specialized for the construction of the city and the activities of energy efficiency and environmental protection. However, uh, I think that the most important thing about this uh, municipal company is that it took over the role of a coordinator and a creator of uh, energy development policy at the local level. And so far we have coordinated over 40 projects. Uh, Also, uh, I think that it's very important to emphasize the fact that this company and me personally, uh, we are authors of all so far developed strategic documents at the local level, which practically aim to achieve the goals of the European energy uh, policy in the field of climate change, mitigation and adaptation. I have practically dedicated my entire career to uh, creating synergies between local, regional, national levels uh, with a specific goal to inspire and accelerate climate actions, because if we do not act, we cannot expect anything to happen.
1: So the municipal company is kind of um, a key player, really, when it comes to the urban transformation in, in Porridge. And... I would like to ask you to imagine that you'd meet one of those urban planners of the 6th century who who built your city. Because, um, as I was saying in the intro, the city has still this Roman uh, street layout. And imagine, Gordana, that this Roman guy uh, is asking you how things are going since. So what what would you tell him? What has changed? (laughs) Everything. Pretty much everything has
0: changed. Yeah, but I think that uh, the most important thing is that uh, historic buildings, uh, they are very important part of our cultural identity, but... uh, in the 6th century, the purpose was not the same as it is today. Today, uh, this uh, we can call it a very rich cultural heritage. It goes beyond museums, it goes beyond castles. And these very old buildings are very often publicly owned. Mm-hmm. And uh, they accommodate our schools, they accommodate our kindergartens, our hospitals and public services. So um, I think that we have to all realize the fact that we are transforming our cities according to the needs of today. Mm-hmm. And Uh, we need uh, to make those buildings more energy efficient because we are not living in the 6th century anymore. But on the other hand, we have to uh, preserve our cultural heritage and we have to keep our city's identity. And we have to leave it for the next generations to come. And we know that Porridge is a city which attracts tourists also not because of the sea, but of the beautiful buildings and history that it represents. So this makes the topic of energy efficiency in historic buildings a very um, important but an extremely complex topic and a Mm -hmm. challenge for us. And most often when we talk about uh, public buildings, which are protected, which are historicals. They are often uh, very, very energy inefficient. And for many of them, there is a need to be uh, renovated. We know it's a complex process. We know that it demands high level planning. And we, do, we know that it is a long investment return period but we must be aware that it needs to be done.
1: Mm-hmm. But does this also mean that regulation is n- not yet really acknowledging the need for upgrading buildings and energy resources because there might also be blockages, I guess, in in terms of uh, adding modern technology on heritage buildings?
0: Yes. Um, um, I think that the main... Problem or challenge with historic buildings is that the procedures are very long and very expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Energy efficient refurbishment uh, has been supported by the government in Croatia through various project co fundings, but uh, these streams, they are um, when we talk about the size of investments, Mm
1: -hmm. they are not
0: enough and are very scarce. Mm -hmm. Um, So local governments practically are facing a challenge when it comes to refurbishing their historical buildings and reaching these energy efficient levels because sometimes I understand my mayor when he says it costs me less to build a new building than to invest in an existing one. But this is not the solution. We cannot mm-hmm. let our cultural heritage to to go to ruins
1: and we have to address these issues.
0: Hmm.
1: And in addition to building upgrades, another aspect is also, and you already mentioned it before, the need to increase the use of renewable energy. Croatia is, and I think Croatia in particular, is a very sunny place. I saw that Croatia imports over half of the energy it consumes. Uh, And we know that touristic places have a high energy demand, right? So how do you integrate this in your strategy? Well, you know, Porridge has over 3850
0: sunny hours per year. So this is something that we really need to take the advantage of. Mm. And this is the reason why uh, we want to bring solar energy to our city. It is present, but we want to emphasise this fact even more. I think that it is is very important to to emphasise the fact that we can uh, improve significantly in this field and we really need to support the citizens in becoming uh, proactive uh, competitors within the energy market. This is the opportunity to mention even the fact that last week Porridge opened its sunny office Mm -hmm. and it is a place for all citizens interested in solar energy. Uh, This is uh, an office where they can come to and ask all the questions regarding uh, how they can uh, invest in their own solar power plant and how Mm -hmm. they can become the producers of uh, electricity within their own homes. Mm -hmm. And this is a very important thing. We had an info day just a few days ago and we had a very nice feedback. So I think this is the logical next step for
1: porridge to take. So this is more, I think, for self-consumption, right? Uh, Are you doing something else in terms of more collective energy production and consumption?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is more concentrated on, on single producers, but we are also in the process of creating a local energy community. Mm-hmm. And this is a collaboration uh, between the municipality, between the citizens and between an energy cooperative, mm-hmm. which is a part of our scale 2030-50 project where uh, we proposed a very concrete model of uh, financing, uh, where we included the parents of one of our kindergartens. Uh, We uh, presented to them the possibility to invest in a small solar power plant, which will be installed within the kindergarten premises. Mm -hmm. And through this uh, so-called voucher model, uh, the parents would provide funding by buying a voucher for a certain amount of money, which is yet to be decided. Mm -hmm. Uh, This voucher would make them a member of this energy community. And on the shorter or some kind of a longer run, Uh, parents could exchange these vouchers for the services which are offered offered by the kindergarten which Mm -hmm. means the kindergarten fees and the positive fact for the parents would be the longer they keep the voucher untouched, and the longer they wait for it to cash in, uh, mm-hmm. the higher its value it would be. So it would gain a kind of five percent after one year, ten percent after two years, fifteen percent after three years. And in the meantime, the kids would be staying in a much more pleasant and comfortable place. And the parents would know that they are doing a good thing
1: for the community. So if I understand right, and just to to wrap up, um, you will launch kind of a crowdsourcing campaign where parents pay a certain amount of money upfront, And in return, they get a voucher that they will be able to cash in after a few months or years. And they can use that to pay services that they have to pay anyways, right? So it's it's all beneficial for them.
0: Yeah, we are offering them to do a good thing for the community while investing their money and gaining an interest. Let's call it, call it an interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would have to pay the fee for the kindergarten anyway, And this way, they will pay a little less because the interest will uh, kind of uh, make the fee for the kindergarten a bit lower for them.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, this sounds not only attractive, but also pretty easy. At least the, the way you explain it sounds pretty easy to implement. And still, as far as I know, this has never existed before. I think that's the very first voucher model of its kind in Europe. So why, why do you think this hasn't been done before yet?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, that we are pioneering this thing. I haven't heard that any any anywhere else this kind of model has been implemented. Um, I think that um, it is a kind of very simple scheme, but... Uh, we are still trying to identify our regulatory accounting and other barriers Mm -hmm. because um, we have to be clear with our Ministry of Finance how to treat this uh, voucher model tax-wise, because uh, it is something that will last for a certain period of time. For example, for the parents who will decide to cash it in after three years, we have to be clear on the fact when the city, Uh, or the entity that uh, issues the voucher, uh, which is the point in time when taxes need to be paid. Is it at Mm -hmm. the moment when the voucher is released or at the moment when the voucher is cashed in? So these are certain issues that we have to really be clear about because, you know, uh, public entities, local governments, we are uh, we we have to go uh, to undergo the revisions of minus Ministry of Finance. So we have to have all these issues very very clear. And on the other hand, uh, we have to address uh, the contracts, and we have to mobilize the parents which has been a a very easy task for us as we already had a few meetings with the parents Mm -hmm. and they were more than enthusiastic to to hear about the model and more than willing to participate because we are talking about younger population younger Mm -hmm. parents and they are much aware about uh, the need and the situation and the climate challenges and that they are forcing us to 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 turn to new models we have to invent something new because old schemes are not functioning and they are prepared they are willing to
1: participate that's really promising. And I think you, you start off with uh, a good enthusiasm from those people that makes it probably slightly easier as well to, to advance on the project. I have a final question on that and on, on this whole process, because for setting this energy community up, You told me in the pre-interview that you work with all municipal departments. There are six different uh, municipal departments. You're also in touch with policymakers. You deal with the kindergarten personnel, I guess, and the parents, as you were just saying. Probably also with other local stakeholders. And all this requires quite some human resources to, to drive this community of partners, doesn't it? So how... How do you manage to put well yourself so much personal energy in it, but also together with, with the others?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not an easy task. But on the other hand, I think that uh, porridge has an advantage of being a small city because uh, it's more flexible then and everything happens much faster than mm-hmm. in big systems, in big cities, because communication, which is crucial today, it happens quite fast within porridge. And we are able to communicate on daily level and to to be flexible and to, to address the challenges that, that come our way. So I think this is the advantage of porridge for being a, a smaller city. While on the other hand, I must say that uh, my experience has taught me that, unfortunately, vast cities in Croatia are lacking human capacities, expert Uh human capacities. And this is something we all need to work on because if we are expecting someone to implement a pioneering scheme we have to have someone who is educated to do so to do that kind of work and unfortunately smaller cities are lacking this human resources and this has to be emphasized the need for cities to invest in their human resources they have to keep empowering their their employees and they have to to keep investing in 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 their knowledge because the knowledge is the only thing that will uh, thrive uh, and uh, and make progress possible.
1: That's a great advice, and I think the good final word for our interview, Gordana, Thank you very much for taking the time to share uh, several of your innovative projects. I'm quite amazed by let's say the the continuity uh, in in your career from litter collection at six years to uh, now launching this pioneering voucher scheme for community energy. You're really very inspiring and I wish you good luck with greening porridge while keeping its wonderful historic treasures and we really would want to hear more about upcoming projects in the next months and years.
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, The pleasure was all mine and as i usually say i think that the saying which is always in the back of my mind i've heard it quite uh, a long time ago is that who he does not want finds an excuse (laughs) and who he wants finds a way so we are trying to find the way here in porridge and i think that we are doing a good job and this is all the positive energy that we need to go and to have to go forward
1: This episode was produced with support from Scale 203050. Scale is an EU project which makes collaboration happen to get many more energy communities up and running. The people behind Scale 203050 work on a methodology and toolkit for citizens, cities, and policymakers. If you too want to see more local energy communities across Europe, check out the toolkit and explore all of the project resources at the website scale203050.eu, scale with two C, like in communities, s-c-c-a-l-e-203050.eu. And scale is actually funded by the EU's Horizon 2020 program. Thanks for tuning in.